verse 20, it says, And so he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. And his Lord said unto him, or said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So we see here, of course, is the parable of the talents. I actually taught on that a number of weeks ago, more specifically, but I'm just primarily looking at this particular verse in this passage. But, of course, you know the, the story of uh, this person who had lordship over these other individuals, and <coughs> one came and received five talents from his lord, and then another came and received two, and then uh, another one talent. After a time, his lord returns, and he was holding them accountable, and so one comes and says, I've received five talents more. He started with five, so he got five more talents. So he ends up with double what he had before. So he did something with what he had. Then the other one came and said, you know, you, you gave me two talents. I've received two more talents. So he doubled what he had. So he did something with what he had received. Then the last one comes and he had received one talent. He said, I went and digged a hole and put that talent in there, and here is what you gave me. And the first one he commended, the one that had had five talents and received five talents more, double what he had. He was commended. He said, you have been faithful over a few things, and I will make you a ruler over many things. So he was commended, and then he said, enter into the joy of thy Lord. So now he has commended him. He has also uh, promoted him. <clears throat> he said, you've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. And then, of course, he rewarded him. He said, I will rewarded him by promoting him. And then also he said, enter into the joy of your Lord. The second one got the same commendation, same promotion, same reward. So it wasn't based on how much he had. It was what he did with what he had, right? Then the third one that did nothing with what he had, he said, you're a wicked and slothful servant. And he said, he'd take from what, him the one talent and give it to the person that had 10. In other words, God was holding them accountable because he said, it's like the kingdom of heaven. It's a parable like the kingdom of heaven. He said uh, that you take it from him and give it to the person that had 10 talents. In other words, I want somebody to do something with what I give them. Are you with me? So he said, you have been faithful, noted here, you have been faithful over a few things. So then God requires faithfulness, doesn't he? God requires faithfulness, and then he holds us accountable for our faithfulness to see what we did with what he has given us. So we then have a responsibility when God blesses us or gives us things or gives us responsibility. We have a responsibility to be faithful with what God has put into our hands or the leadership role perhaps that he's given us or to just be faithful doing what God has given you to do. Are you with me? So God then is watching our faithfulness or 
perhaps watching our unfaithfulness. God watches, and he watched both, and he held both accountable, those who were faithful and those who were or the one that was not faithful. So he holds us accountable, and if he sees us as being faithful with what he has given us to do, then he will promote us and he will reward us. Now, how many believe that today? So many times we believe in prosperity, perhaps. We believe God wants to bless us, but there are more, than, more ingredients than, than to just believe. There's more ingredients than just praying. There are many ingredients to your success in life. And one of the ingredients is just being faithful. Being faithful with what God has given you. And do something with what he has put in your hand. And God will always ask you, what's in your hand? What have you done with what I've given you? I know this is an exciting message. I can see it on your face. Uh, He wants us to be faithful and he will hold us accountable to see whether we were faithful. All right, so let's go to Luke chapter 16. Similar case, Luke chapter 16. And we'll begin with verse 1. Luke chapter 16, verse 1. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. So it says, he also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. Again, there was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So just because you have great riches or you have wealth or you have prosperity, that doesn't mean you're to be wasteful. But rather, you should be considerate of how you're using what you have. Whatever it is, resource, assets that you have, how are you using it? It is, is it to the benefit of the whole operation, business, success of that company? How are you using it? Well, you could apply it to your own family, your own household, not being wasteful. Be considerate of how you spend your money, how you uh, apply uh, this simple principle of faithfulness and uh, being a good steward. Well, you can apply it to the local church, you know, how you use the resources of the local church and how, what you do with it. You can apply it in any given area of your life. And if you would consider it many times, a lot of money is wasted. Now, waste is determined different by different people. But I can tell you, some of the most wealthy people are not wasteful people. They are considerate of how the money is spent in their business, in their uh, company. Uh, They're considerate of how the money is spent, and they watch it. Why? Because they want to continue to be a success. You know, just because you have been a success doesn't mean that you're going to be a success. If you uh, let up on the watching and and you uh, don't pay attention, then even though you've been a success in the past doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a success in the future. So he said here, 
he heard this accusation. Notice it's an accusation. It may be true, may not be true, right? That's what an accusation is. But when he heard the accusation, he wanted to talk to him. In verse uh, 2, it says, so he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Wow, so he's about to get demoted. If he is not faithful, if he is not a good steward, then he's going to be demoted rather than promoted. In other words, God is watching us to see how we use what we have. We don't want a demotion. We want a promotion. I remember years ago, this pastor had counseled this person, and they had become successful and and the earlier part of uh, the story is he had counseled a man, always put God first and be a tither and a giver, and God will bless you and he will prosper you and make you a success. And so he did that and he applied the word and he was diligent in his business and very successful. And it got to a certain point that uh, he was prospering so much, he had a lot of money and, and uh, the tithe uh, added up to a greater amount of money and it was kind of a... Like harder for him uh, to tithe. And so uh, he went to his pastor. He said, you know, it's, uh, this is a whole lot of money for me to give to the church. And he said, well, you know, we could pray and that God would give you less money and success. And then <laughs> you'd be able to maintain your tithe. Well, he, oh, no, pastor, I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. You know, so uh, if... Uh, you know, uh, many years ago, Pastor B.B. Hankins, who was uh, a pastor to myself and Pastor Vicky, and, and uh, he uh, said that success is the greatest test. In other words, anybody can criticize people that do succeed. And you notice sometimes people are uh, criticizing the people that have been the most successful uh, because they don't understand. They don't understand the price that was paid. They don't know uh, the sacrifices that were made. They don't know the whole story. They just know what they know. And really, most of the time, is very little. But the, so it's easy to criticize people that are successful. But I would encourage you, don't criticize people that are successful. Watch them. Pay attention. Learn from them. You know, everybody that's successful is not a crook. But that's many times the accusation. But even in this case, uh, this person was not faithful in their stewardship. And so they were being held accountable. So accountability is a necessary ingredient at whatever level of success that you are. But in this case, this, this person that was very rich, and, and I, I just heard a story not too long ago and, uh, about a very wealthy man, one of the richest men in the world, and uh, that he really still pays good attention to the way the money is spent. Like if it was like 60 some cents off in the accounting. He said like, what's up with that? Send it back, get it fixed and bring it back to me. In other words, still holding people accountable. And you know, it doesn't matter how much money you have. If you let people waste it, I can tell you somebody will. I'm preaching better than you, amen. I said, if you let people waste it, I can tell you somebody will. Oh, that's on the expense account. Oh, and that expense account just keeps rising and keeps rising. And so, before you know it, 
the, the overall prosperity and overall success of the company is going down. But you got to manage your resources because if you don't manage them, whether it's your household uh, resources, your personal individual resources, your family's resources, your business resources, the church's resources, if you don't manage them, uh, somebody else will. And we'll call it mismanage. Are you with me? So he holds him accountable. What, do, what are you doing with what you have been given? Are you being faithful? Are you being a good steward with what's been put into your hand? Are you with me? All right, let's go down to verse 10 of the same chapter. For the sake of time, we'll not read all the verses. In verse 10, it says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Now consider that statement. Jesus is telling us basically, if he is faithful or if that person is faithful over little, then that person will be faithful when it comes to much. In other words, if you've been faithful, if God's watching your faithfulness, and based on the word that we're looking at, he does, and he also holds us accountable, whether or not we are faithful. So he holds us accountable, and in this case, he said, if you're faithful over little, what? You'll be faithful over much. That's why God doesn't just promote people. Just based on longevity. I said, God doesn't just promote people just based on longevity. He based, based on faithfulness in other areas, faithfulness and longevity could count and does count, but not just based on longevity, but based on your faithfulness to do something with what you have been given. Are you with me? All right, so he said, if he's faithful over a little or she's faithful over a, a little, then they'll also be faithful in much. And what did uh, the, the Lord say to the person that came back with five talents and said, now I've got five talents more, I've got ten talents. He said, you've been faithful over little. What did he do then? I'll make you ruler over much. I'm going to promote you, and I'm going to make you a ruler over much because you've been faithful with a little, then I'm going to give you much or many things. Are you with me? So you see here, he said if he's, un if he's faithful over a little, uh, he'll be faithful when he gets to the much. So faithfulness is something that you develop. But he also says if he's unjust in little, he'll also be unjust in much. So you don't want to promote somebody that is unjust or unfaithful. Now, I know a lot of ways, certainly God uh, wants us to have favor, and he'll give us favor with people, and God will cause those people to favor us. But sometimes people just favor them just because they're their friend. Well, you might get somewhere because they're your friend, but can you stay there? And can you also maintain faithfulness there so that you can be promoted there? So God wants you to have favor, and he surrounds you with favor, but it's then something, what do you do with the favor that is given to you? That's what favor does. It gives you something that you didn't necessarily earn, but God gives you favor with people. He gives you a position, but you got to do something with what God gives you once you have that favor to get there. Because 
promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. The scripture says promotion comes from the Lord. And so if God's watching your faithfulness, he's favoring you, but he's watching your faithfulness to see what you're going to do with what you've been given. So why would you promote somebody that's been unfaithful or unjust? Because they're going to be unjust. At whatever level you are, if you'll be faithful there, God will then promote you. And then when God promotes you there, then you be faithful there. God will give you a test at every level. It's a quiet church this morning. <laughs> right? God will give you a test at every level to see if you're faithful at that level. And remember, success is the greatest test. So when you get there, be faithful there. And then let God promote you from that point in your life. And the blessing will continue because you continue to be faithful. Now, God always holds us accountable, doesn't he? Let's go to the next verse, verse 11. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you to your trust, the true riches. If you've not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, what is unrighteous mammon? He's just talking about money. If you are not faithful with money, why would God commit to you your trust? Now, understand trust. God commits to your trust true riches, spiritual things that are worth much more value than money but will affect your monetary blessing as well. Because true riches will affect everything in your life. Revelation of God's word will affect your prosperity. It'll affect your health. It'll affect your family. It'll affect your success in your job, your business. It will affect every part of your life. The word of God is spiritual, but it's practically applied. It is not something where we're just so spiritual as the old saying would be, so spiritual that they're no earthly good. Or so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. I would say that that's not real heavenly minded. Heavenly minded affects your earthly function and your ability to succeed in life. So heavenly minded is really seeing from God's view and God's point of view and God's perspective and being able to then act, actually apply that in your natural life, in your world. Amen. Are you with me? So in this case, he said, if you're not faithful with unrighteous mammon, then why would God commit to you or your trust to true riches? So now God's watching your money. You say, are you sure? Yeah, because, you know, there was one point that Jesus kind of stood by the offering. And he watched everybody give. This is an interesting story in the Bible. He actually watched people give. And he saw those that had wealth and come by, and he watched what they gave. And then he watched this little widow woman who came by and put in two mites. Very small amount, monetarily. But Jesus commented, and he said, she has given more than all of them. 
Because it's accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he has not. In other words, God is watching not just how much you gave, but how much you gave in proportion to how much you have. Thank you for five amens. God is watching not just how much you gave, but how much you gave in proportion to how much you have. So God said, or Jesus said, he paid attention to the offering. He didn't even comment about the singing. He didn't even actually say anything about the preaching. Now, that was a good sermon. What a song. That was amazing. Didn't the choir do good today? No. He just said one woman gave more than all of them. So he commented about this woman's giving. Very little money, but powerful example. She gave of what she had. She actually gave all she had. She brought it. So God doesn't require that. No, but she did it. God requires you to give according to what you have. She gave all she had, and God recorded it in the Bible. Now, if you lived in that day, would your name be in the Bible? Or would a story about you be in the Bible? He commented, listen, put it in the Bible about Cornelius giving, didn't he? He said it went up before God as a memorial. Wow, that's pretty interesting that God would comment about somebody's giving. I'm just having a quiet moment here because I see you are. But God is watching our faithfulness with our money as well as our serving. Right? He's watching our money. Are you watching your money? Sure you are. If somebody started taking it out of your account, you'd be looking. You'd be checking it out. You'd hold them accountable, right? You'd talk to the bank. What's going on? So faithfulness is something that God watches, but it's something that God rewards. He doesn't just watch, he rewards your faithfulness. So then, for example, how many drove to the church this morning? Raise your hand, you drove a car. All right, for example, if you have a car and you're believing for a better car, how many would like to have a better car? Well, God wants to see if you're faithful with what you have. In other words, are you changing the oil? Are you maintaining the car, right? If you don't maintain it, if it's old or new, it's going to break down, right? So God's watching your faithfulness. He's watching to see if you're going to maintain the car that he has blessed you with. So I'm just believing. I've seen people just believe, but they weren't faithful with what they had. I don't want that car. Well, how long you want to wait? Right? Just do something now with what you have. You know, be faithful with what you have. All right, so uh, God's watching to see if you maintain the car. God watches to see if you wash the car. Instead of people writing on your car, wash me. You know? God watches to see if you clean out your car. If you have five bags, one from Wendy's, one from McDonald's, come on, one from Cane's, 
Come on. You got five bags of food in your car or leftover stuff. When, when, when somebody opens your door, it smells like a leftover hamburger. Come on. French fries between the seats. Come on. If you ever got under the seat, it's a scary endeavor. No, God watches to see how you take care of it. Am I telling the truth? Yeah, sure he does. He's watching to see what you do with what you have. I'm just believing, Lord. I'm just believing. No, you got to do more than just believe. Take care of what you have. Amen. All right, let's go to the next verse. Verse 12. Verse 12 says, if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Boy, this is getting real practical, isn't it? I mean, Jesus, imagine that. Jesus, the Son of God, God in heaven, comes down here to talk to us about taking care of stuff and being faithful over what is another man's. In other words, you know, when I first came to Las Vegas, Pastor Vicky and myself, we were young. We were going to serve God, obey God, and, and, and obey God and going to Las Vegas and starting a church. And there was no promise of income, nothing, you know, no promise, no guarantees. You know, like, uh, I'm signing up for this. I mean, I, I want to know what my insurance uh, is. I want to know what my retirement is. And I want to know how much my income is. And, and all of it was uh, zero, zero, zero. In other words, no guarantees here. There's no guarantee. And so, you know, we come. We come in by faith. Trust God. God's going to supply. And so we came to Las Vegas to start a church. Bunch of hand-me-down furniture. Young, but full of zeal, full of faith, full of Jesus, full of God's will. And just knew it was the will of God to come to Las Vegas. So we go to Las Vegas. We get to Las Vegas. We don't have any money. You know, promise of income. But we got to have a place to live. So we're riding around looking for a place to live. And, you know, we had certain uh, level of budget. We're thinking you don't, can't figure a budget because you don't have any income. So, but, you know, thinking practically, you know, we can maybe afford this much money for a house. So we're looking around and I call this guy on the phone and saw it in the paper, you know, and call him on the phone. That was women's pay phones, y'all remember. All right, so you call him up on the phone and he said, don't leave me high and dry. <laughs> that meant I'm going to show up and you better be there. You know, don't leave me high and dry. So, and so I said, yes, sir, I'll be there. So I showed up on time. Everybody say on time. Touch your neighbor. Say he might be talking to you. All right, so I showed up on time. Because he said, don't leave me high and dry. So if I hadn't been on time, he might not think I was coming, so he just left. So I'm on time, and I show up, and I look in around that house, you know. Didn't take me long with my lightning fast mind. I do not want to live here. All right, so, so the carpet, maybe 30 to 40 years old, you know. Colors you can't even remember as a child. All right, so. And so. You know, I came on time, but I left pretty quickly. So, and about that time, I said, Lord, now I believe that we need to raise up our level of faith here because we don't have any income, so no guarantees, but we believe that you will supply. So we raised up what we believe that we could uh, uh, pay for. So we're going to believe God. So, so we raised it up and we found a house. 
It was a nice house, nice little house, and you know, it, was fair. it wasn't too old and well kept, and and uh, new paint outside, inside, yard was nice, fence backyard. Woo! I believe we can believe for this, and we believe for it. And I could tell you the whole story. He lowered the rate uh, based on our discussion and, and negotiation. He lowered the uh, rent, never raised it the whole time we lived there. And uh, but supernaturally, I believe God put us there. Well, here I am. I'm living in a rent house, you know. And in this verse, he said, uh, if you don't take care of that which is another man's, who's going to give you that which is your own? Now, this is good preaching right here. In other words, if you're living in somebody else's house, you're living in a rent house. You should take care of that house because anything you tear up, he's got to pay for, Right? And it's got to come out somewhere. Somebody's got to pay the bill, right? And so you should take care of it. You should maintain it. You should take care of the house. You should take care of the yard. You should take care of whatever is another man's. Are you hearing me today? All right, so you should be faithful there. If you're faithful there, guess what happens? God sees your faithfulness, doesn't he? He watches your faithfulness, and who will give you that which is your own? If you are faithful over that which is another man's, God is watching to see. And he said, now I'm going to bless them in a house of their own. Hallelujah to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, maybe you got a good house, but, uh, but you'd like a better house. You'd like a bigger house. You'd like a better uh, community, whatever. Uh, and so here you are. If you're not faithful with that which is given to you and God's blessed you with, why would he reward you? Let me give you another scripture in the book of Proverbs real quickly. It says in verse 30, verse, chapter 24 and verse 30, it says, I went by a field of the lazy man. And by the vineyard of the man, devoid of understanding. And there, there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nestles. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. In other words, you can learn from other people's mistakes. I received instruction. And... Then he goes on to say in verse 33, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like, one, like a prowler and your need like an armed man. He said, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. In other words, you're lazy. Not you. I said, those people that are not here today, they stayed in bed. All right. So a little folding of the hands, 14 hours of sleep is not necessary. All right. There's some kind of imbalance in your body if you need 14 hours of sleep. So here, he said, if you're lazy and you don't take care of your stuff, he said, I considered it. I looked on it. I considered it. There's a house right down the street from me. I thought, man, I mean, years ago, somebody bought the house. I actually considered buying the house at one time. Thank God I didn't. Anyway, it was a nice house. But somebody bought it, and they started some renovation on the walls. Then they, they did something else with them. The block walls, just the perimeter of the front yard. I don't know. They put palm trees, nice stuff in the backyard. It's like, I don't know how well it's taken care of at this point, but they put all this nice stuff. I mean, one palm tree could have cost them $5,000. Nice. 
And they put out front, they started building, they put some brick on the block wall, have a little spot. Then they put some stone. And they just kind of did stuff. And then after a while, it started to be broke down. You know, the walls broke down. It's like, man, you spent all this money in the backyard and your front yard, no, not taken care of at all, all broken down. I took notice. I learned. I considered it well. In other words, you don't want people walking by your house. Look at this. What are they doing? I believe I will. Thank you. All right. So think about it. Yep. How you care for things, according to God's Word, He's considering it. He's watching. Thank you for joining us at Word of Life Christian Center, where we seek to move upward in prayer and worship, inward in discipleship, and outward in evangelism. We are so excited that you decided to connect with what God is doing here. And if you want to learn more, go to wordoflifelv.com.